Hey guys, and welcome to In Deep with NCLEX Next Gen Podcast. I am Dr. Spencer. I am a doctorally prepared family nurse practitioner, nursing tutor, and founder of Nurse First NP, an online nursing tutoring service designed to empower nursing students with the confidence and the competence to pass nursing school and NCLEX. I am dedicated to teaching nursing students how to think like a nurse so they can understand nursing content, not just memorize it. If you're looking for a nursing tutor who doesn't just teach you what to know, but also teaches you how to think like a nurse to pass nursing tests in the comfort of your home or doing whatever it is that keeps you on the go, you are in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Also, feel free to leave me a message on my website, nursefirstmp.org, of any content you would like me to discuss on a future podcast. I am here to serve you guys. Hey, it's Dr. Spencer from Nurse First MP. You're listening to In Deep with NCLEX Next Gen Weekly Videos to guide you on what to and how to study to pass NCLEX Next Gen on your first attempt. In this week's video, I'm going to be talking about health promotion and maintenance throughout the lifespan. This section used to always confuse me in nursing school because I could never remember all of the developmental milestones, like when toddlers in preschool should be able to draw a circle or walk upstairs. I still have to go back and look at the book, even even now while practicing as an FNP. Because you never know, kids are born with special abilities nowadays. They come out with teeth and everything. <laughs> um, so with this section, you guys can expect to see approximately 9% of the questions on NCLEX Next Gen to be on health promotion and maintenance. This section particularly focuses on knowledge of expected growth and development principles, prevention and or early detection of health problems, and strategies to achieve optimal health. We will first discuss the developmental stages and how one transitions into those developmental stages throughout the lifespan. We will also talk about health promotion disease prevention, health screening, high-risk behaviors as it relates to lifestyle choices, self-care teaching, and techniques of physical assessment as it relates to each developmental stage. Okay, so let's jump right into it. When thinking about health promotion and maintenance as one ages through life, you first have to think about maternal factors that may impact how one first transitions into life. The prenatal period is a very critical time for the mother and the newborn. When studying health and promotion and maintenance during the prenatal period, you must keep in mind factors that can cause the baby to be delivered full-time, full-term, premature, or overdue. You guys know the prenatal time is very critical, like I said before. It's critical to the infant's growth and developmental rate. So think about the vitamins and foods you should tell the pregnant patient to eat or take. Think of what medications you would tell the pregnant woman not to take. Think teratogenic, guys. When it comes to vaccines, think about the different vaccines the mother should have received to ensure that she has a healthy baby. Think about all the vaccines mothers should receive during the prenatal period in general. Think RHO, guys. That's a big one. Complications. You also need to think about maternal health factors that increase her risk of complications during delivery or during the postpartum period, such as preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, and hypertension. What complications may she experience from a vaginal delivery versus a cesarean section? At what gestational age do you tell the expected mother she will start to feel fetal movements? And what are they called? Through what maneuvers can the nurse detect fetal movements? And at what gestational age? Make sure you guys know that, guys. Um, 
What's the normal fetal heart rate based on the ages of gestation? At what gestational age can you hear the heartbeat and how do you listen for it? What are some normal pregnancy events you should educate your patient about, such as quickening um, and Braxton Hitz contractions, as well as when, she sh when should she expect to have them according to the gestational age? What are some danger signs you would tell your pregnant patient to monitor for during pregnancy? When thinking about danger signs, think about vaginal bleeding, um, sudden swelling of extremities, and abdominal pain. You also need to be mindful of what expecting mothers of different cultures, how they behave differently during the prenatal and or delivery period. And what cultures am I referring to? Make sure you guys look up the cultures thing. That's a big one, guys. In addition to educating the mother on the proper foods and medications to take, you should educate your expecting mother on how much weight she should gain. Thinking about the mother's weight before pregnancy, if the mother is a teenager, is the amount of weight the mother should gain the same as an adult female? So how much weight should the pregnant teen gain versus the adult? Do you recommend it based off her current BMI? What if the mother has a family history of sickle cell or another genetic condition? How would you test this baby for this? Is it via ultrasound or via amylocytesis? And at what time during pregnancy would you test for certain conditions? Like Down syndrome and things like that. Lastly, should you teach her how to breastfeed before the delivery of the baby or after the baby is delivered? Okay, so now you have educated your expectant mother on health promotion and health promotion measures and she should take during the prenatal period. What education can you provide her during the interpartum period? What period is that and when does it begin? So it's time to deliver the baby. What are the signs of the onset of labor? What are the three main factors that may cause labor to begin? What kind of care must be performed during the labor stages? What are the stages and what is the stage of the expulsion of the placenta? What if the mother starts to have late decelerations? What would you tell her to do? What would you do? And what causes changes in, decelera in decelerations? Okay, so now the baby and the mother has successfully gone through labor and delivery. So next is the postpartum period. What do you assess the mother for after having the baby? Think about the signs and symptoms of hemorrhaging and infection. Think low blood pressure, high heart rate, and an increase in temperature. When thinking about newborns, think about what you should expect to see when the baby first comes out. How does the baby's head look? What's a normal shaped head? What color should the newborn be? Remember guys, think ABCs, like APGAR score. Think about what the baby will look like if it comes out too soon, premature, or too late. Think about what reflexes should the baby have and when should they go away. That's a big one, guys. Reflexes are a big one. Think about when they should pass the Makona. What if the baby, what would you do if the baby is jaundiced? So with all that being said, think about what maternal factors may influence how this baby looks or develops. For example, what would the baby look like if the mother smoked or drank alcohol during pregnancy? What would that baby be at increased risk for? Thinking about the warning signs, you should tell your new mother to monitor for when she takes the newborn baby home. Think ABCs such as vomiting, unable to keep food down, and not breathing easily. Maternal expectations. 
Make sure you guys address maternal control when you're studying this section. Make sure you guys address or study and look at the maternal concerns such as blues, um, maternal mood swings, and you should be able to tell the mother when she should start back menstruating. And if it's delayed, if she's breastfeeding, and also how to treat mastitis at home. Newborn. What type of milk should newborns drink and how does the breastfeeding schedule differ from the formula feeding schedule? And how does the stool differ? Okay. Also, you should tell your new mothers on how to place their baby um, for sleep, which we'll talk about a little later. Okay, so now the baby is safely delivered and the mother is bringing the baby back to the doctor's office for a health check for a three-month-old three health check. As it relates to physical assessment, think about reflexes and normal abnormal growth rates as it relates to head circumference. I'm sorry, circumference. <laughs> um, how much should the baby weigh at six months versus 12 months as compared to the date of delivery? Think about what reflexes you should see in an infant from birth to 12 months and when should they go away? Like I said, guys, reflexes are a big one. Another big one. Well, well, I'm, I'm moving a little faster. Um, what physical find, findings are expected? Um, think about swollen genitals, breasts, malia on the face. Those are some expected physical findings. Another big one, guys, is thinking about when the posterior and the anterior fontanelle should close. What if the parents of the infant comes into the clinic and asks you, when can they expect their child teeth to start growing? What would you tell them? How would you tell them to clean their teeth? And what instruction would you give them to for their child if their infant starts teething for the pain? What instructions would you give them to soothe that infant teething pain? Think about the immunization schedule and thinking about developmental milestones and contraindications to administering vaccinations. So, knowing that the infant isn't born with the ability to roll over, you know infants are at increased risk for suffocation. So, SIDS, guys, SIDS. So, how would you instruct patients to lay their child down for sleeping? Would you recommend they sleep with their favorite stuffed animal in the crib? Would you recommend the infant sleeps in the bed with the parents? And how much sleep does infants get as compared to toddlers? Like, what does their sleep schedule look? How does their sleep schedule different as it relates to toddlers. Think about what type of milk you would recommend to the pa parents based off being a newborn versus being a toddler. There's a difference, guys. Think about when you would tell the patients, the parents to introduce solid foods to the infant and what method should they do such. Think about the most common cause of death during this period. When studying how one transitions from birth to infant to toddler, so forth and so on, think about each stage range, how, think about how each age range may react to changes in development in, in relation to Erickson's stages of psychosocial development. So with the infant, you know they're in the trust versus mistrust when it comes to Erickson's um, psychosocial theory. What are the signs the infant is experiencing trust or mistrust with their parents? And what are some signs as they get older? May they be shy? May they not really trust patients? I mean, trust people. So that is a big one. Not just memorizing the actual so the actual theories, but being able to identify that. So when you're studying, make sure you're 
able to identify the signs of what the child may do, some things the child may say, and how the child may behave. As the infant transitions into toddler stage, think about how do they learn and explore their environment. Think about Erickson's psychosocial theory, autonomy versus shame and doubt, and Pigott's um, sensorimotor stage. Think few psychosexual development oral stage, where their mouth is the major source of gratification and exploration. Um, since they love putting things in their mouth, they are increased for they are increased risk for what? Choking and poisoning. How do you care for a child that's choking? What are the maneuvers that you perform? Um, if you suspect that they're um, gotten into something that's poisonous, what do you do? Do you call the poison number? Do you take them to the hospital? Um, things of that nature. When they get to the hospital, would they perform gastric lavage? Things like that. Also, during what time? During also during this time period is the anal stage, where the toddler is, starts exhibiting control of the anal sphincter. You're also thinking about prenatal education to help them identify when their toddler is ready to start toilet training. Also, you want to think about how do those toddlers eat, and how should you instruct the parents to prepare their food? How should they be placed in the car seat? When do they transition to a booster seat? And how does, well, when do they transition to a booster seat? But before you even leave the hospital, um, make sure you guys are understanding like how to place the patients, the um, infants, newborns in the car seats, because car seats is a big deal, guys. And as I mentioned, how do toddlers sleep different than an infant versus a newborn? And when it comes to toddlers, think naps. Okay, preschool. So now as your child continues to grow, their thought process has changed. So now your toddler is in preschool. Do they still engage in solitary play? Think about how they play, guys. How do they express their feelings? Like when you, a toddler or a preschooler, may not be able to tell you that someone's hurting them or tell you that they're in pain, um, not always, and so they may reenact that through play um but back to the preschoolers are they able to be fair with other kids and share their feelings their friends feelings again think about Pigott's cognitive development and Erickson's psychosocial development you also know the beginning of this time period of the child um, may have conflict with the same parent of the same sex and feelings of intimate sexual possessiveness for the opposite sex parent According to Feud's theory, what may you say, what may you see, or what may you hear the child say that lets you know that they're going through this um, period? So, what if a child missed some of vaccinations as a toddler or an infant? How do you catch up on the vaccines? How do you catch the, child, the children up on the vaccines? Vaccines is a big one, guys. So, now your preschooler has gone on to the school age, which is 5 to 12 years Oh. Think about what health promotion screening should take place during this time. As the child goes through pre-puberty, how does the play change? What risk factors are they at risk for during the school age period? Do they still need to sit in a booster seat while in the car? When do you start assessing for vision and hearing problems? So now their school they're pre-puberty. Now we're going to move them to the puberty stage, which is 13 to 18 years of age. 
When thinking about health promotion and maintenance as it relates to puberty, you also want to think about the physical changes that an adolescent may experience. You want to think about how they may feel about their physical changes that they're going through, especially if their development isn't as fast as their peers. Think Tanner, guys. So with reference to that, when should they start puberty and what does that look like? When does puberty stop? What condition can cause an early puberty or late puberty? Think about things like Turner syndromes or eating disorders. How do they perceive themselves and where do they get their identity from? Is it their peers or from their parents? What mental health disorders are they at increased risk for? Think anorexia nervosa, bulimia, and depression. What health screenings do you start testing during puberty? For pu- okay, what health screenings do you start testing for during puberty? Think adolescent females and anemia and adolescent obesity and blood pressure screenings. Just a key note, guys, when differentiating from eating disorders and health disorders, when you have a test question stating the teenager has been losing weight, make sure you think about what key findings in the test question that would narrow your test answer to type 1 diabetes instead of anorexia nervosa. When it comes to that, think about unintentional weight, unintentional weight loss despite an increase in eating. How do adolescents sleep? And what is the leading cause of death during, these, during this time period? Um, so now your adolescent patient has become an adult. So you know growth slows as one ages. So when studying adulthood and health promotion maintenance, think about the the modifiable risk factors you want to teach your patients to help prevent chronic conditions in the older adult age. Especially since cardiac output begins to decrease during this time period, what health promotion education would you teach them to prevent heart disease as they get older? Think eating healthy and exercise. What labs would increase a person's risk for heart disease? When, you, when do you perform lipid panel screenings? What if your patient has an LDL cholesterol higher than 200? What does that mean? Thinking about heart disease, think about blood pressure, cholesterol, and A1C, which are all contributing factors. What BMI might increase a patient's risk for heart disease? What lifestyle behaviors may increase a person's heart risk for heart disease? Think smoking and drinking alcohol. Primarily smoking, though. Also, smoking cigarettes. Also, during this time period, you know one experiences a decrease in visual acuity, nearly, especially near vision. Think presbyopia. Hearing acuity diminishes, especially in high-pitched sounds. Think presbycusis. And hormonal production decreases, resulting in menopause or andropause. You want to start, this is the adulthood, guys. You want us to begin which is, I'm sorry, the adulthood is from adulthood up until 65 of age. You want to, well, 21 to 65, so it's a big range. You want to begin many cancer screenings during this time period, such as like age 50 and so forth and so on, or 40, um, such as breast cancer, but make sure you guys know that time period. You want to begin many cancer screenings during this time period, such as breast cancer, cervical cancer, prostate exams, testicular cancers, colorectal cancers, and things like that. You want to know when do they start and when should they stop and what to do if anything comes back abnormal. Who do you send them to? In reference to menopause and midlife crisis, 
How might this age range respond to these life changes? Are there any treatment for menopause? Menopause and hormone replacement therapy, should you recommend it? Keeping in mind, menopause causes a loss of estrogen, which increases the risk for osteoporosis and heart disease. As one gets older, it's hard to fight off viruses. What vaccines are recommended during this time period? What's the schedule? For instance, if your patient has received the PCV-13, which is a pneumonia vaccine, when can they get the PPSV-23, which is another pneumonia vaccine? What if they received the PPSV-23 before the age of 50? Can they get the PCV-13? That is another big one, guys. Think about shingles. What's the vaccine and when should patients receive the shingles vaccine? And how is shingles spread? Who's at increased risk for having shingles as they get older? Thinking about the emotional and mental state that this age range may be in, think about generativity versus stagnation. In order for this age range to feel, to stimulate feelings of generativity, they need to engage in tasks to help guide the next generation. They need to be able to accept middle age changes. They need to be able to adjust to the needs of their aging parents and they need to be able to reevaluate their goals and accomplishments versus if they do not, they end up focusing on themselves, become very, becoming overly concerned with one's physical and emotional health needs, which is stagnation. Think about what your patient may say that may make you think that they're in one stage versus the other. For example, what if they say none of my kids ever think about me and my needs? What are they, what are they more likely headed to on which end of the spectrum? Generativity or stagnation? Now we're going to talk about the older adults, which are ages over 65. As one ages, you know, the immune system, the remote, the immune, the, I'm sorry, the immune response declines steadily after younger adulthood as the thymus loses its size and function, which is responsible for the increase in infections such as pneumonia, septicemia, immune disorders, and cancers. You know, this age range needs to be, needs to stay vaccinated. Think about what specific patient factors that will require early vaccination, such as diabetes and the pneumonia vaccine. And the immunocompromised. Think about when they should receive vaccines as compared to the general population. What happens to the cardiovascular system during this time period? Blood vessels become less elastic, often rigid and torches. Venous return becomes less efficient, which increases the risk for orthostatic hypotension. What else is this patient at increased risk for? Hypertension, guys. Think about hypertension, which means there are also increased risk for what? Heart attacks and strokes. Think about what happens during the age range to the respiratory system. Pulmonary elasticity and ciliary action decreases so that clearing of the lungs becomes less efficient. And the respiratory rate may increase with diminished depth. This increases the risk, this population's risk for what? Respiratory infections, which means there are increased risks for, which means that there are increased risks after surgery for what? Pneumonia and atelectasis. So, what nursing interventions can you teach this age range to prevent such, especially after surgery? Think about lifestyle factors that may increase their risk for respiratory issues after surgery. Think about if they were smoking, if they have a history of smoking, if they have a low BMI, which is less than 19, or if they have dementia. Think about why dementia increases their risk for respiratory complications after surgery.
You guys can expect to be tested on a good bit of the older population because this specific population is living longer with health comorbidities. So, thinking about nutrition, this age range need, need an increase in calories. Does this age range need an increase in calories or protein? Nutrition is very important in this age range because lack of nutrition can cause skin issues. Thinking about the skin, the skin has a decrease in skin target and sub subcutaneous fat as one ages. So that predisposes them to what? Skin ulcers. What else tends to decline with age? Think about the senses. You know this population has a decrease in vision, hearing, smell, and taste. So what precautions would you teach this patient to prevent injury? What are the signs and symptoms that this patient may be experiencing hearing deficits or vision deficits? How would you communicate with this patient? So, would you tell them to care for their glass? How would you tell them to care for their glasses, their dentures, and their hearing aids? How do you know if their hearing aids are working? Think about when your patient's in the hospital. You want to make sure you tell them measures to prevent dentures from you want to make sure you tell them measures to prevent dentures from being thrown in the trash. That's a big one, guys. You, Yeah, that's a big one. If you haven't seen it on your test, you probably will see it on inklets. Like never place dentures in the napkins on their tray, on their food tray. Due to a decreased sense in senses, there are increased risk for falls. Should you automatically teach? So you should automatically think about teaching them how to prevent falls, especially at home. How would you tell them to walk with the cane or walker? Thinking about where this age range may be mentally and emotionally, as always, according to Erickson's, they fall into the ego integrity versus despair age um, developmental theory. Ego integrity is facilitated when an older adult has successfully accomplished tasks in their early life, and a person who regrets the past and sees current problems as insurmountable, however, may end up in despair, feeling like they have unresolved problems and missed opportunities in their life. Depending on where they are emotionally and mentally, that may actually impact their ability to safely manage their chronic illnesses. So thinking about what self-care, thinking about the self-care what other mental states may hinder their ability to take care of themselves? Think about dementia, depression, and delirium, delirium which may make this, uh, this age group a victim of polypharmacy and elder abuse. What are the signs of polypharmacy and elder abuse? A big one, guys. Polypharmacy can increase your patient's risk for falls. How does dementia and depression and delirium differ in their presentation? Think about which of these causes issues with short-term memory versus long-term memory. Long-term memory. Also, delirium is also associated with what disorder in the elderly? UTI. So, these are the type of questions you guys need to be asking yourself as you're studying for NCLEX next gen. Asking yourself these type of questions ensures you actually understand the information so you can better apply it when taking the NCLEX next gen. As mentioned before, you guys, as is mentioned before, this podcast is geared towards teaching you how to think like a nurse in order to pass NCLEX next gen on your first attempt. Similar to you guys, I knew that I knew I knew the information, but the way the test questions ask the question, I will always doubt myself. So this podcast is to help you get familiar with the type of, types of questions you should be asking yourself as, as you study for NCLEX. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I pray that this serves as a guide to help you become more confident and competent in taking NCLEX. Please reach out to me on Instagram, Nurse and Tutor, or, well, on my Instagram, it's underscore nursing underscore tutor, or on my website, nursefirstmp.org. If you need any additional clarification on topics presented in this podcast, um, questions can range from how to learn the medications better, or if you just need tips on how to study for NCLEX, whether it's your first time or your third time, or if you would like this podcast transcript or the one-on-one cheat sheet, cheat sheet showing you not only to how to study this section, but what to study in this section, visit my website at nursefirstmp.org. Remember, guys, I'm here to serve you guys. Good luck and best wishes. Remember, you guys don't need to know everything to pass NCLEX next gen, just the most important things. So study with strategy. See you next week.